the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation second to none whether you're in rhode island or massachusetts call jkl engineering today estimates are free financing is available for both residential and commercial call my friends at jkl 401-351-7600 remember estimates are free financing is available let's be nice and comfortable in your home jkl 401-351-7600 you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go till 2 a.m. 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Just click on Listen Live. Folks, it's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he's the managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. It's Justin Katz. And I'd like to start off, folks, Justin was, um, as part of the Rhode Island Center for Freedom and Prosperity, put together a very detailed report about the unions and also their political donations, it um, fully illustrated just how basically the unions in Rhode Island, they, they basically run or an, an arm of the Democrat Party. And, uh, and Justin, how did that come about that you put that together? Well, we just it's one of those things in Rhode Island where you start picking at a like a sunburn and a skin keeps coming off. Um, we started out just looking. We were curious. What is we all know, especially in Rhode Island, that the labor unions give most of their donations politically and most of their help to one party, to the Democrats. So we started out just trying to answer the question of, of how much is that? And the reality is it's it's high 90 percent, you know, up to ninety nine point something in some cases. Um, and usually if you look through the names, you start to recognize the ones, you know, like I uh, was a John Savage was a Republican who got donations from the teachers union. He was a, a school principal and a teacher, I think. So that you, there's always an explanation for the Republicans. But generally, almost all the money, all the aid locally and at the national level goes to Democrats. And once you start looking into it, though, you start to see all these other aspects. Like it's not only Democrats, it's progressive causes. And we've talked about before how when you when you look at, say, a same-sex marriage campaign or an abortion campaign, and you look at the funders of these groups, somehow there's always a teacher's union or something in there, which just doesn't – there's no obvious connection between same-sex marriage and abortion. You would think a teacher's union, especially on abortion, would want there to be more children, right? That would kind of help their members out. Um, so – that's the political angle. And then you keep digging and you see how it's really uh, a network for not only insiders and one party, but also for you know, family, family members of unions to hand out jobs to each other and to create a, a sort of a network. We call it an iron triangle of, of activists who bounce back and forth between unions, government and progressive causes. And you, you can think of, say, Ray Sullivan, who was a state legislator. Uh, a Democrat side, went into the same-sex marriage campaign, got money from the labor unions for that. Then now he works as a consultant for the teacher for the NEA, Rhode Island. And it's, you, you start to really get a sense of how this network comes together and how, how intimidating it is to, to try to think of how to, how to go against it to get some good reform in Rhode Island. You also, I like how you illustrated um, some very powerful groups. And it, to me, it matches the legislation and and how well they compensated uh, two very powerful uh, 
union groups that a lot of people, the average person has no idea the influence they have. But that is the Rhode Island Association of Firefighters and also the Rhode Island Brotherhood of Correctional Officers. Yeah, those are, are among the, the biggest uh, contributors and the biggest the biggest groups acting on behalf of, you know, in a political sphere. Um, I mean, even recently, you can look at uh, the the firefighters. Part of their quid pro quo they get for their activism and their donations is legislation. So, for example, uh, in the middle of spring, uh, while towns like mine and Tiverton were negotiating with their con- their firefighters over overtime and how many people you can have on a shift, the the state union got involved and pushed through legislation through uh, John Edwards IV from Tiverton uh, to essentially tie the hands of, of the local uh, town towns. And that's one thing they get for their money. They also got the, uh, this year, they got the cancer, um, uh, the assumption that if a firefighter gets cancer, that it must be job related. Uh, this, is, this is part of the quid pro quo that they're buying. <clears throat> um, we've, what I've found is that the, the public safety unions uh, firefighters, uh, police, they're deeply involved in that um, more so. <clears throat> so they're really concentrating on, on leveraging politics to build up benefits that come out of taxpayers' pockets. Uh, when you start to get into the, the less, uh, I guess, emergency-oriented uh, occupations like teachers and state workers, you start to see a lot more of the progressive activism on social issues and, and that kind of corruption. So it's really, even within the group of, of labor unions, there's some variation in that regard. Touch on um, uh, part of the report, case study George Nee. I found that very interesting. Well, George George Nee, I've been following for a while. I mean, he's he's kind of a, you know, if you pay attention to politics in Rhode Island, you, you know who he is. You know him when you see him. Uh, he shows up sometimes to talk at local hearings and that kind of thing. He's always at the state house, but he's, he's in some regards almost behind the scenes. Um, so you kind of have to know to look for him. And so over the years, I've traced whenever I see his name pop up. And one of the bigger surprises or the, the more interesting finds was when we got a bunch of communications related to 38 Studios. And who should be there? George Nee trying to get a job for, for a labor friend of his. But he's also on just about every, it seems like, just about every quasi-public or, or somewhat public board. So he's on the state um the governor's workforce board, which gives out grants. Um, a report we put out about um, seven, eight years ago found a, a big portion of those grants go to people who are in some way connected to the board. He's on the Economic Development Corporation, uh, now Commerce RI. Uh, he's on the RI Convention Center, and he recently um, admitted that he has, I think it's his, his sister-in-law maybe who's, who's on the payroll there. Uh, just a very, he really shows, kind of exemplifies the insider trading aspect of the labor union. So whereas the NEA, they're the far left progressives. Um, George Nee, who's the head of the AFL-CIO in Rhode Island, he he's really just an inside player who gets to make a lot of decisions. And so he's got he's got a pretty high you know six figure salary on his job. But there's a lot of other stuff that goes into that. Um, and I mean, for a while, he he was in the news 12, 15 years ago. He was also on the board of Beacon Mutual, which is kind of the, the state's uh, one of the state's insurance monopolists who gets a lot of uh, public contracts for worker work insurance. And actually, Governor Carcieri, a Republican, kind of forced him out after a big scandal about uh, about just corruption on that board. And that was a twenty thousand dollar position he had at that point. But he's just everywhere. He's kind of he's kind of the representation of insider dealing uh, and labor unions in Rhode Island. And what about the uh, year up? That organization. Well, it's his. I believe it's his daughter. Um, it was a worked for that organization, uh, and they were getting a lot of funding from the Department of Education for a while. Uh, this is, has to be about ten years ago, and so that started to fade out. She became one of the development people, and for those who don't know, in nonprofits, development is the people. That's the job is to go out and get money. And suddenly, the governor's workforce board, on which uh, George Nee sits, started to to replace that money and to pay for the to fund the board. Uh, and it's just another that kind of incestuousness of all this. There's there are all kinds of channels that public money can take to get to people who are insiders and know how to grab it. 
You know, it's interesting, uh, and again, folks, we're talking to Justin Katz, managing editor at OceanStateCurrent.com. It's a report they put out. What you just touched on, Justin, is so much of some of the underlying problems within the state. And again, most um, people have no idea because of, for instance, he's on this, the government's workforce board. I mean, in reality, in other states, that's that's the last person you want on a workforce board, because if you actually started a company and started to hire a number of different employees, they start coming knocking on your door and they want to unionize your employees and then forget about it. Your ability to function the way you thought is over. But um, right there tells you. And this is what I think is the heart of a lot of people are not going to get is as much as people when people learn about just how much power and influence they have. How come more people don't speak out? It's because, let's be honest, Justin, could, could someone be a successful Democrat in the state and not, not have some kind of working relationship with the likes of me and some of the others? Oh, no, of course not. They'll, I mean, that's why in a lot of races in Rhode Island, it's the primary that that is the thing to watch. That's what you have to to keep an eye on, whether it's, uh, what was it, Doug Jablinski and Bristol, or even uh, Lieutenant Governor McKee, you know, if you're not on the right, on the right side on these things, and it's not just for politics, it's for any kind of policy. I mean, it's just so connected and incestuous that you could have, you could want some kind of some deal from the Commerce Corporation, you're trying to get a company going, and you're just, you're working with them, because our laws kind of force you to start to work with them. Uh, But then you say you have some relationship with this year up organization and you think, oh, they don't they they shouldn't be getting public money. You can't say anything about that because the father of one of their development executives is on not only the governor's workforce board, but the Commerce Corporation. So policies like that start to you can't make good decisions in government. So not only and, and you can't elect people who will make good decisions because the unions will come after you. Yeah, that in I mean, if you get a your rep and you get a phone call from him and they're looking for your vote on a certain piece of legislation, you, you'd have, you have to think long and hard. If this is an individual you're going to say no to, because they, they, they will run someone in a primary to knock you out uh, all within the party. They, to me, this report that, that, uh, that you put together and the, the center put together is, I mean, that, that is a huge component of the problem uh, in the state because basically they are the arm that drive the party. And, um, and again, you know, I remember hearing someone um, who was a firefighter and said, you know, they never could figure out if the head of the union told them to do something and the fire chief told them to do the opposite. It was always confusing as who's really running things. Like, who do I really listen to? Do I listen to the, the head of the union or do I listen to the fire chief? And, and I've been told it's the same type of thing. They have their constituents. Sometimes they have the head of the Democrat party, but if the head of it, if someone like that power and union contacts a uh, representative or a state senator or even city council, whatever, and, and tells you to go along a certain way, you better think about it if you're not going to. Yeah, Folks, well, coming uh, up. Go ahead, Justin. Uh, that, that's that's a very important point. I mean, the, we see reports. We had it in Tiverton. We, we saw a big controversial one in Cranston about division in, in fire departments, say. A lot of that comes down to that, you know, who's listening to the fire chief and who's listening to the union and how does that relationship work out? And then, as we saw in Tiverton, when, when they wanted our local contract of firefighters were on board with the, what we were negotiating, but the state firefighters didn't like it for other purposes, so they came in. And then the, I think you touched on a really important point there, which is when you look at this, you see how incestuous it is, how hard it is to change anything. And for years, I've watched as young, productive Rhode Islanders have left the state looking for work. But I think a big part of the story is also just the hopelessness of any change. And this union report shows that they're a big part of it. Folks, coming up, we are going to touch on uh, Governor Amundo uh, going against President Trump, the education commissioner, situation with mail ballots, all ahead. Politics this week with Justin Katz right here on the John DePietro Show. Right now, I'll bet you could use some extra cash. Why not sell some of your gold, silver, other precious metals? Vero Industries, folks, over 40 years experience, they will give you cash. They'll buy your gold, silver, other precious metals. Call Lee today at 401-434-8900. Leo has over 40 years experience. It's V-E-R-O, Vero Industries. They will buy gold silver other precious metals old broken new silverware jewelry serving trays tea 
coffee sets, or pieces. Listen, why not right now? Sell it and get that cash that you need. Call Leo at Vero Industries, 401-434-8900. Impeccable reputation. Folks, they know the industry better than anyone, and they'll give you what it's worth. Your gold, silver, also a buyer of individual coins, coin collections, watches, half earring pieces, and much more. Call Leo at Vero Industries. Why not get some cash right now for that gold, silver, and other precious metals? Call Leo, 401-434-8900. Weekend evening appointments are available. Two locations or at your location, their location, two locations, East Providence and Warwick. Call them Vero Industries, 401-434-8900. Listen, get cash for that gold, silver, other precious metals you have. Call Leo, 401-434-8900. One more time, 434-8900. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession, MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, last week, um, President Trump tweeted out, you know, with all the problems with mail ballots and all these other problems, maybe we should delay the election. Tweeted it out. Um, If anything, you know, brought a lot of political buzz and so forth. But when doing an interview, Governor Mundo was asked about that and said, he is insane. He's insane. He's losing control. What, what is your reaction to – she is the, the governor. He's the president of the United States. There, there are people that support him. There are people that are going to vote for him. Um, what is your reaction to her saying he's insane? <laughs> well, I, I think she had a very stone-cold face, so I, she seemed to be um... – to be pushing kind of a partisan line. And she tied it right into uh, federal agents protecting federal property in other states, uh, which she said was unprecedented and ridiculous. She called she called uh, federal officers protecting a, a courthouse in, in Portland uh, the president's militia coming yeah. into the state. I mean, she, it's kind of off the hook. Uh, I mean, and I, I find it, I can't find much of a way to interpret it other than this is somebody auditioning to be the vice president candidate and it was kind of even i mean tim white pushed back a little bit he was conducting an interview on whether it's unprecedented for federal troops to be in a state but uh, a lot of it he just kind of i mean the the governor just called the president insane like losing his mind and uh, my my other thought is it's kind of ironic you you start to you see in politics a lot um 
when when you're when you've got a weak point you accuse your opponent of having the same weak point only worse and with all the talk of joe biden being of questionable uh, mental stability uh and of whether he's hiding quote hiding in a basement because he can't he, he's afraid to do an interview i mean that's a that's a large talking point in national politics and so i wonder how much to the degree to which this has kind of been pushed out as a talking point did she get a memo saying we're calling the president insane that is the talking point uh so i that was my first i i don't see any other way to see it than just this is her running for vice president well and but at the same time um and he did push back i found some of her comments especially as we're coming out of this we're not coming out of it we're in this pandemic where let's face it between the mask wearing you're seeing people snap in public people losing their jobs people are frightened about the kids going back to school the problems of mental health are real right now in the country. And I found that, um, I, and I spoke to someone in that field that thought it was it was very insensitive. And it was also, you know, this is a individual who's always, you know, you don't name call and the bullying and all this other stuff. What does that say to how you're the governor, um, supposedly very, you know, high approval rating, 71%. But I, I think how does this, What's the message here if there's someone you disagree with, that that's how you then just label them? And I, I just found it, it, it really um, went kind of out of bounds because it's one thing to say I disagree. I don't think that's effective. I don't know if we're at that point. It's going to be some challenges. But if you just label someone, quote, insane, he's lost his mind, he's losing control, I think that's another degree because as I – said on the radio show what then what does that speak of someone who wants to vote for the president who will vote for president the president and supports the president i think it's insight as to what she truly thinks of of trump supporters well i, th I think so but also a lot of it was i mean as she explained herself a lot of it was just based on on falsehood so for example she said the, he was sending in he's sending in federal agents his quote militia for no yeah. reason and that's where tim right back and said there are riots going on there's no i mean whatever you want to say there it's not for no reason and also this she she was dishonest about this the tweet about the the delaying the election first of all he didn't say i'm going to do this he said no. it was more of he put three question marks it was yeah. really is this something we should consider was was how i think a normal person would take what he did tweet and there's also the other side which which didn't come up at all in the interview at least at the portion i saw was uh the mail ballot question is does he have a point i mean yes. part of part of being insane is one having an excuse to send people uh, troops in if you've got a reason to do it it's not insane to do it and if you do have legitimate concerns about uh mail ballot elections and fraud, which frankly I do, then it's not insane to say, hey, should we do something? Should we rush forward with this election? Um, and I think a lot of it was uh, that that tweet, uh, a lot of, there's been a lot of commentary about how it was just unacceptable for him to do that, to tweet something like that. And it raises, you know, images of dictators. I think a lot of it was a kind of a negotiating point to back the the Democrats off the, the idea of a fully mail ballot election. Um, and so I, I think that's kind of his MO, but I think that's what he was thinking. But her, her response it was just, yeah, it was over the top and based on kind of a dishonest presentation of what, the, what was actually said. Yes. And, and, and also, you know, you mentioned it and it's also she, part of the talking points were number one, setting in federal agents into several states. That's not true. It's Oregon. And for no apparent reason, Justin, anyone that has watched this situation in Portland, it, it is going on now over 60 nights. The situation is clearly out of control. That That's our courthouse. That's a federal courthouse. That is not their land. They have no right to try to burn it down. Uh, the, the situation in Portland, there was a problem in Seattle recently, but it's mainly Portland, and that's where the federal agents, anyone that has seen it, I, I don't see how the mayor or there are people just sitting back, not doing anything, watching the, the city under destruction. That was not a minor flare up. And I'm glad Tim White did say, you know, because the governor was saying never. This has never happened before. That's not true. I mean, when you had the civil rights problems in the South, uh, we, we did have troops go in. But it, I found for someone who at one moment you're doing the pandemic and then the next moment it was a real Democrat talking points. Uh, that was not off the cuff. That was 
they get an email. Here's how you want to approach this. It could be the VP thing or definitely some position within the cabinet. But I found that um, I found that just alarming that that she had no problem. The governor going on the local six o'clock news on Channel 12 and she's calling the president of the United States insane. Right. And fear mongering. I mean, that's basically yes. she, she's making it sound like he's pre- preparing a coup. Which is which is not at all the case, and uh, so that made me think also of the COVID nineteen stuff, where she's you know, she, she, part of her rhetoric is to make it seem scary. I mean, part of it has been to make it a, make us afraid, uh, and that's that's a concern that the, there's this kind of fear mongering going on, uh, particularly when the governor's you know, as, as I said, in the view for a vice presidential case. So here we've got a governor who. Um, who has taken all this power to herself to the point of telling people they can't, how many people can have, they can have in their backyard for a barbecue. Uh, and she's also out there potentially going to be campaigning as a presidential vice president, vice presidential candidate. Uh, there's, there's a real mis- mixed message there uh, and it's hard to know. Uh, and it's disconcerting to, to try to figure out where is the line between what's real and yeah. what's politics. And that, that's something I think Rhode Islanders should be concerned about. Yeah, and, and if the governor wants to touch on this business of that, she said, never happened in our country. Well, I'll tell you something that's never happened in our state, and that is you are an American citizen, and you're an older individual, and you happen to reside in, quote, a congregated setting, nursing home. She has decided, no, you are not going to leave there or go see your family. They're not coming to see you. You, you want to talk about unprecedented. That's been unprecedented. People dying. Uh, that has caused tremendous, tremendous problems within families with emotional toll. And talking about an insane abuse of power is the fact that you have someone who is, you know, of sound mind, who's 80 years old, that just had a, some kind of a medical problem. And they are unallowed, not allowed. She decided, no, your family is not coming in here to see you and blah, blah, blah. That to me is far more of an abuse of power as opposed to someone that floats out on social media. Gee, <laughs> they were all complaining about the mail ballots. Maybe we should delay the election. Yeah, and it's it's tied with a uh, not only an abuse of power, but a, a avoid, avoidance of responsibility on her part. Uh, I mean, we never hear, we hear about how how terrible backyard parties are and that kind of thing, but we never hear about the the riots and protests in Rhode Island as a problem for the the disease. And then in these other places, part the biggest part of the problem is the mayors and governors refusing to stop the chaos to the point that the federal yes. agents have to come in and protect a federal building. That's so it's this mixture of I'm grabbing all kinds of power to tell you what to do when I want to, and when I don't want to, I'm not I'm going to shirk my power. I'm not going to shirk my responsibility and not do what I'm supposed to do. And that's, that's, I think, a growing concern among Americans. One other last point, but you, you raise a very good point about the fear-mongering because as much as I kind of dismissed it when uh, Mayor Alorza issued a statement saying that he's not going to allow President Trump to bring special agents in troops into Rhode Island, he'll fight against it. As much as I kind of dismissed it, like, what are you talking about? Like, why would they do that? But if you're not paying attention and you listen to Mayor Lorza and Governor Mundo, the way most people don't fully follow the news, they may be under the impression like, my God, he may just suddenly send troops in here. You know, he may send in a militia. He may. uh, Wow. How bad is this? He is a dictator. He is insane. We need to get him out of here. As we know, there's there's no reason why they'd be sending troops or special agents into Providence. But if you have the governor and the mayor saying well he's this has never happened he's doing it in states she said when it's really just one state that is fear-mongering and that's very dangerous folks coming up we are going to talk about the mail ballots um and also the situation with the back to school it's all ahead politics this week with justin katz managing editor of oceanstatecurrent.com on the john DePietro show Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega MEGA, Mega truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections, and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 
24-hour mobile service serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. 24-hour mobile service and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by West Fountain Auto Body. Now, you know, I didn't make a big deal about it, but my vehicle was actually damaged uh, by some of the protesters when I was covering one of the protests. I didn't make a huge deal about it. I wouldn't want to be the focal point, but it's true. Some of the uh, protesters, they did. They damaged my vehicle. They broke the window on the side of my car. So what did I do? I brought it to West Fountain Auto Body, and you can call them today, 272-3340. I had to get it fixed. It was obviously damaged. They also damaged part of the door. And so I took it to West Fountain. I called Kenny at West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. It's Kenny and Patricia, Westbound folks. They did a fantastic job with me. I mean, that's there was only one place I was going to bring it. I needed to get my car fixed. Now, listen, if you're ever in an automobile accident, something happens to your vehicle and you need to get it repaired, call West Fountain Auto Body, 272-3340, 272-3340, the original, the best, right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex. It's West Fountain Auto Body. Call them today, 272-3340. They'll handle everything for you. If you're in an accident, something happens to your car, bring it to West Fountain. 400 West Fountain Street, Providence, right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex. West Fountain Auto Body. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin you tell me, um, are the kids going back to school? What do you make of this? The governor came out, Governor Rundo, back in June, said we are getting those kids back in school. The CDC said, if you follow the science, it's safe. Children should be back in school. But the uh, the teachers, the unions, boy, they are going to town. And what, what is your take on what's going to happen with back to school? Well, I, I less and less confident that students will be back to school at least it is a full-time in-school measure i mean every week it seems we talk there's been another the, the governor's administration has taken another kind of tentative step backwards and so here this week we have uh the education commissioner angelica Infante green starting to change some of i'm not she's quote not ruling out the possibility of having to delay uh quote we have to be flexible uh calling the logistics a nightmare and um so we're definitely getting some softening of their language. Um, and particularly with Massachusetts, I believe has delayed for 10 days um, and other states taking taking similar steps. In some states, they're actually going so far as to try to forbid private schools from opening, I guess, not to make the public schools look bad. Um, so I, I, that's definitely the, the political pressure that the, the labor unions and, and others are putting on them is definitely in that direction. And in fairness, um, I, a lot of it has to do with the public. I, she, Angelica Infante Green did mention every day she gets emails from both sides. Either I need my kids back at school, they need to be in school, they're not getting anything from distance learning on one hand, and on the other hand, I'm terrified, don't send my kids back to school. So part of it is we, the, the people, are kind of confused and not sure what to do. And to some extent, that's a failure of leadership. And I think it goes right back to that kind of fear-mongering we've been getting. Um, so I, I, if the decision has to be made within a couple of weeks, it's going to be a close one. 
do you think is she staying the education Christian? I th- I think she is. I mean, she put out she did put out a tweet definitively saying I'm staying. You're not getting rid of me. Um, it, it made me think of something you you had mentioned last week. Was it seems kind of like she you know this whole thing I'm being courted. She's being courted by other states is a, is definitely a way to kind of send a message. Uh, you know, if if she feels like the governor's going wobbly or other people in the administration are starting to try to undermine what she wants to try to do, that is one way to send a message. And if you recall, it was via Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. If you recall, he was the one who she let see her her text messages went yes. with Randy Weingarten of the AFT, the uh, Federal Teachers Union. Um, so I, it's starting to look to me like that was a that was a, a, a signal being sent. I have other options here. Um, that could be, if that's the case, if she's playing that kind of a game, it could be a good sign for reform in Rhode Island. Of course, it depends what she does with that. If, um, but the, of course, it's, these things are always subject to revision. So if the governor does go completely wobbly and shakes the, the earth out from under her, she may say, well, you know, when I said that, I didn't realize the situation. So, um, but it's a hopeful sign, I think, that she she sent that signal and that she's staying. I think. Yeah. I let's we'll wait and see it play out because if you're her, it's August, September, October in the beginning of November. If if former Vice President Biden wins the election, in in Governor Mundo's mind, she's going to receive some post in the new administration. She would be leaving. McKee would be coming in. I don't know what the relationship is between the education commissioner and Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee. But if your dream job is New York and you've already been through the process. So she said, well, they've started the process and I'm not part of it, but she's already gone through the process. And if they're already offering it to her, to me, it strikes me. And sometimes people say to someone, I'm not saying no would offer a job. I'm saying not right now. I, you know, the New York thing, I think that takes a while. I think it could be like, let's wait a couple months if uh, she's really the person they want, I'd be curious. Uh, I'll answer it this. I, I'll be curious to see if they fill the position. Nothing against the education commissioner, but if they leave it open and this process is going to take a while, if you really want her, it'd be worth it to wait to see if Biden wins. Because then at the same token, that's her out because she came in for Governor Mundo and the governor's leaving. Um but then and then, you know, the new governor, McKeish, has the right to pick his own person. I'm going to wait to see if New York in the next month they they announce and pick someone, then, then that's one thing. But if not, I I think, like I said, she came here to truly, I think, uh, get involved with this. Justin, I'll tell you, I think what's going on with this is a full court press. They don't want anybody, any child back in school. These people and that Facebook page where they're all on the same page, uh, they want full distance learning full distance learning and full everything on zoom and they don't care this is being run to me by it seemingly is teachers in central falls providence at least those two they don't want to go back in the classroom either they don't like the idea of it they want to do it from home uh randy weingarten justin katz has even floated out well you know we never really you know it's not in our contract about this this business of the um, long uh, the distance learning. So we're going to limit the number of per hours a day that one of our teachers is going to do it. I think they see this as it's like everything else. Everything's a negotiation. We never agreed for this. And Justin, what also the media is not reporting is that the teachers in Providence were in August. They still don't have a contract. Yeah. I've, I've even seen uh, somewhere in a country, a, uh commentary from labor unions that teachers are concerned about the, the state of their homes where they're where they're recording so you know the hint hint give us some money to remodel a room for a studio yes. for a classroom uh so yeah I, th- I think that's a lot of it as, as far as the, the education commissioner i i never discount the the amount of you know how you know, ch- challenging and nuanced human decisions really are. So I think a lot of it's not only the political angle, but also if she's getting traction in Rhode Island. I mean, I, if she stays, if she delays taking a bigger job in say New York for a year or two and actually accomplishes something huge in Rhode Island, that would be, you know, historic you know, So on one hand. So that would be a reason to stay. So I think the politics is involved and also kind of seeing what's possible in the state. As we started out talking, 
sometimes it seems like there's not a lot that's possible in the state. But I agree that the the labor unions are definitely the teachers unions are definitely pushing for um, for more distance learning. And again, and some of it some of it's grabbing for more perks, uh, re trying to not let the crisis go to waste in the negotiations. Part of it, I think, too, is their their members are of mixed minds. Um, but but I, getting lost in that. There's, to me, there's not enough commentary about the problem faced by students. And as, as we've discussed before, especially when you focus on the urban communities, Providence, Central Falls, um, those are the places where the students most need a structured learning environment uh, away from their home, probably. Uh, that's, that's, I don't think there's much question about that. And that's where the teachers least want to do it. And so I think that points to a real need to just rethink how we're doing the whole thing. Cause it's, it's not, it's not, the incentives are all go in different directions. The kids who need the most help have the teachers who are the most reluctant to, to help them. Uh, and that's, that's a big, big problem. I agree. That's, that's an excellent point. And it's, it's going to dominate for the next month. It's absolutely just going to dominate our news. Uh, Justin, where are you with mail ballots? I mean, I, I didn't have confidence with our Secretary of State, Nellie Gobia, with this mail ballot situation prior to that. Never mind now. Between the absentee ballots and the mail ballots, there's so much room for fraud. I thought, I, and again, we talk about things are, um, you know, just the way things are run in the state. That Judge McElroy, the brand new judge that weighed in on it and said you don't even need to have a notary. She's from a union household. I mean, that's that that was their dream to get like someone that they raised a union household person on the bench. But I, I for one, I don't have a tremendous confidence in the mail ballot situation under Secretary of State Nellie Gobia on this board of elections at all in any way. <laughs> well, yeah, not at all, especially with uh, Secretary of State Gobia this week mentioned they might need the National Guard to help them. Uh, process the mail ballots. I mean, that's, uh, you know, okay, maybe, maybe the president has a point uh, that we if, if we can't conduct real elections, uh, maybe we don't want to be having to bring in, you know, military style organization to them. Um, but I, I think you, you put your finger on, on a big point that I, if you look into this, this Judge McElroy, and keeping in mind that the, the state legislature declined, said we are not going to waive the requirement for, for notaries or for witnesses on these mail ballots. So our representatives said, no, we're not going to do this. And here comes a judge saying, yeah, not so much. We're going to do it. And the, the way, I mean, I'm sure it's legalese, but basically it's it's fashioned as a, an agreement between the Secretary of the State and uh, the Board of Elections to not enforce the law, which how how is that? <laughs> how is that representative democracy? Uh, but, but as you say, the judge McElroy, uh, she was an Obama appointee, a nominee for the position, although there was a delay, her father, Edward, uh, McElroy was the head of the AFT. I mean, we were just talking about Randy Weingarten. Um, so the AFT definitely a political organization. In fact, some months ago, it seems like forever, but we were talking about how weird it was for the governor to be involved in a pact with the AFT to, oust President Trump, an anti-Trump anti pack. That's the AFT. So there's that. Her brother works at the New York Times. So there's another connection to the, the national news media. Um, and so you, you see how, she, I mean, it's almost like uh, sometimes reality is stranger than fiction. And I, I started out writing fiction. I thought sometimes reality hits you with something you wouldn't do as an author because it would just be too obvious, almost like a Charles Dickens thing where you, somebody travels across the, the world and bumps into their, their secretly hiding cousin's sister or something. That, that's the kind of, here you have this judge who's so connected to the national uh, unions and left-wing politics and news media pushing forward this mail ballot thing. It really does, in my mind, start to lend some credibility to the idea of here's what the left does is they seed people throughout the country. And you know, this, these fights are going on everywhere uh, so that a judge has the opportunity to say, you know what, we're going to go with the mail ballot thing. No witnesses. Boom. You know, you, you've suddenly, you've got lots more, lots more votes uh, that you can't verify. Uh, and it does, it does, especially with the state Senate saying, no, it does raise doubts in my mind of w whether we're going to have a real fair election in the state. 
Yeah, I, I'm not putting a lot of uh, faith and confidence in it. Think, in some way, thank God, it's it's uh, the, the the largest race is for uh, for, for president. It's not a, a gubernatorial, but uh, I, there's nothing about this process right now, especially with Secretary of State Nelly Govia, that makes me feel confident or comfortable that we're going to get a fair election. Finally, what did you what's your um, take, Justin Katz, on uh, the fact the governor has basically said. I, and I had kind of predicted this, that we're in phase three. We're not moving beyond that. There will not be a phase four, but we are just going to remain in phase three. Yeah. I, one of the things that I think is very telling is she had the four metrics that she's watching to decide whether to move forward or go back. Uh, and the, the one she's relying on to keep us in phase three is uh, the least transparent of them. It's about the R value, how many people each person's infecting. And we don't have the data on that. They, they're not sharing that with us. At least I haven't seen it. Uh, on the other ones, hospitalizations, et cetera, we're doing just great. In fact, we should be charging forward by those metrics. Uh, so it's it, it does raise that question again of where does she get this power to say, to unilaterally say, no, we're not going to move forward. I'm going to keep things where I can continue to make unilateral decisions. Uh, and I, I think that's, that's something people really need to start questioning, especially when she puts so much emphasis on the area she has the least authority to, to control, which is, she says we're partying too much. It's, it's almost... People have been saying recently that the American campus has escaped and is now the entire country. And you, that's what it kind of feels like. It's, it feels like the, the president of a college coming out and saying, hey, kids, you're partying too much on campus. So here she is, the governor, uh, implying what? That police are going to shut down your, your pool party or your backyard barbecue because you've got 16 people there. I mean, that's, she has no authority for that. And I think that's why if you look at the actual documentation, uh, the social gatherings looks like it's supposed to apply really to businesses and, and other regulated entities. Uh, but her rhetoric on stage is, is much more you in your family, you have to follow my rules. Uh, and where, you know, where, where does this end? I, I, I don't see an end until maybe the election in November. Folks, he is the managing editor of OceanStateCurrent.com. He's Justin Katz. Justin, great job. Stay safe. We'll talk to you again. Wonderful to talk to you as always. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, Third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. Attention business owners. In today's world, customers judge you by your website. And for most people, their first introduction to your business or company is your website. Karen Etchells at InnoVast is here to help. Give her a call at 401-321-2799. Hey, now it's 2020. You got to freshen up that old website design that Al Gore invented. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVast Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. You want to stay as healthy as you possibly can. And one of the ways you can do that is if you stop in and see my friend Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585, 305-3585. 
Stop in at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. I'll bet you've driven past that old church many different times. Now is your chance to stop in. And what are you going to find? Well, Marie is so incredible. It's My Health. It helps you with your health, your family's health. Vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like a kai berry, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. At It's My Health, at 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, you're going to find over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. And folks, Marie is so knowledgeable. These are all natural ingredients you want to put when you're uh, put involved as ingredients when you're cooking, and it's so healthy for you and your family, plus hemp and CBD products for oral and topical use. They have vitamins for children. They're going to keep you healthy. It's my health. Stop it and see Marie. Pop by 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585. What an incredible store, incredible selection. She is so knowledgeable. Just pop in, swing in. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380. Remember now. Providence and North of Providence, I want you to try the 99.9 FM, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website. Visit it, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Right on the top on the left-hand side, you'll see where it says Listen Live. Just click on that. Anywhere in the world, you can listen while we're live on the air. And then right below that on the dashboard at the website, you'll see where it says Radio Show. If you ever miss any part of the show... You just click on radio show, and folks, boom, there it is. You can pull it up. It's all in library fashion. And remember, the uh, Facebook Live is very, very popular. Check out the Facebook page. It's John DePietro Show on Facebook. And then you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram and also on YouTube. Again, it's all under John DePietro Show. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401 401- Four three nine sixty twenty eight Yankee Tree Service YankeeTreeService.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming, experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since two thousand six, and also twenty four seven emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today. Four three nine sixty twenty eight. Four three nine sixty twenty eight. Whether it's tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning emergency service bucket truck at service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankee tree service.com